Hey, Cam. Yes, Alex. We got Cape with us today. Oh, yeah, sure do. What's going on, Cape? What's up, boys? Oh, not too much. Hey, do uh, y'all know why you don't want to call someone a crook when you're going down an elevator, right? Why? Well, well, that's condescending. (laughs) (sighs) Alex! Dude, I was going to yell at you, but that honestly made me laugh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Race and the Big Chop Man. Welcome to your friendly neighborhood of Blanda Braves Podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. My name's Alex, joined as always by Mr. Cam Matthews. How are you today, Cam? What's shaking, bacon? Oh, not too much. We are also joined today by one of the hosts of the Easy Out Podcast, Cape, how you doing today, Cape? What's up, guys? Hey, I gotta say, Alex, I wish I was as enthusiastic about anything in my life as you are opening this podcast. <laughs> I am, I am really. Uh, it's it's all fake today. Uh, <laughs> I I I went to a concert last night with uh, with Doc Herbert and a couple of buddies, uh, and we. I mean, Lord knows it's been a good long time since any of us have been to a concert, so we really tied one on. So. Uh, I will I will start off what we're drinking today by saying I'm drinking ginger ale because I feel like absolute <laughs> hell. Uh, are you yeah. are you nibbling on some saltines too, Alex? You... No, but I but I absolutely housed a, a Pizza Hut earlier, so uh, oh, nice. that was that was fantastic. Cam, what are you drinking? Uh, Sunday night, just got back from a vacation worth of uh, plenty of drinking, so I'm taking it easy with just a screwdriver here at the house. Uh, sip of uh, OJ for the working man. What about you, Cape? I'm drinking the best beer that's ever been brewed. It comes out of uh, St. Louis, Missouri. It's called Budweiser. Got a red bow tie on it? It sure does. Hell yeah. yeah that's about the only good thing that comes out of St. Louis. Yeah, you said you went to a concert. Who'd y'all go see? We went and saw a, uh, it's a jam band out of Chicago called Umphreys McGee. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're awesome. The lead guitar player is absolutely incredible, and uh, did a uh, did a big like extended five or ten minute guitar solo with all Eddie Van Halen stuff as a as a tribute awesome. to him. So that was really cool. I was about to say that's one of those bands that like everyone their songs like forty five minutes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. So you you gotta you gotta you gotta commit to that part of it if you're gonna go to one of their shows and yeah. like just understand what you're getting yourself into, but. The the real adventure of uh, of the concert was the fact that um, so it was a, a drive-in of course because that's how you got to do things these days, and we were uh, we were in line amongst about 200 cars trying to get into Atlanta Motor Speedway last night when everyone's phones start exploding because there's a tornado warning exactly where we were. Yeah. Uh, and I, I thought I thought the car was gonna get lifted up and thrown onto the track. It was it was wild. Um, so we, we stood out and jammed out in the rain for about three and a half hours. And it was, uh, it was a hell of a good time. That's awesome. I, uh, so I'm in Illinois working right now, but my dad, I, we live up in Gainesville. My whole family does. And I live in Gainesville. Sure. My dad said they got like five and a half inches of rain in three hours or four hours last night. It was nuts. Yeah. That's what uh, I heard. I, I haven't seen too many like it, but, uh, but yeah, def- definitely a good time. And, and, 
Uh, even though I'm having a struggle to do it, we have plenty of reason to be excited this week. It was it was a fantastic week for our Atlanta Braves. Uh, as we talked about last week, uh, ran through the Reds. Uh, and then we got the chance to play the Marlins for a berth in the National League Championship Series. And we ran right through them, too. I wasn't so optimistic going into it. I thought it might take four or five games. But, man, we, we swept them right up. Uh, won five to nine in the first game. Had a had a little bit of a spotty outing from uh, from Max Freed. Came back in game two and won two to nothing. And that one looked a lot more like the games from that Red Series. Uh, and then came back in game three and absolutely put it on them. Seven to nothing, giving us four shutouts in our first five postseason games. It was, uh, I'm, I'm not used to winning like that as a Braves fan. You know, we, we've, we've done a lot of winning, but it's always like, it's always like heart attack style. Like this is, this was nice and smooth. We got through it stress-free and, and I don't really even know how to react to that. What, what pitching was? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you would have told me two months ago that the Braves pitching would be the story of the postseason so far, I'd have bet my house against you. Yeah, four shutouts in five games? That's yeah. bananas. Well, and I think we all reasonably expected good stuff out of Max Fried and Ian Anderson because that's all we saw out of them all year. But the the start that we got out of Kyle Wright in game three of the NLDS was beyond what I think any of our expectations realistically were for him. He'd had some good outings to close the regular season, but came into game three and gave us six innings pitched, no earned runs, seven strikeouts, and only two walks. Uh, I, I I wouldn't have guessed that, uh, that that's what his line was going to look like before that game started. 13 uh, days off, too, in between yeah, starts. I was 13 say, days. Like two weeks off before. Yeah. Too. Yeah, and he, and he just he went out there, and I don't know, the last two weeks of the season and now extending into the postseason, we've just seen this confidence instilled in Kyle Wright, which you love to see. You know, this is the guy that we thought we were getting when he was drafted, and it's coming at the perfect time. Well, they're not, I mean, realistically, they're not all going to be Ian Anderson. They're not all going to come up and and almost no-hit the Yankees in their first start as a major leaguer. Like, it it, it takes a while for most pitchers to, to get to the point where they have that confidence. And it's taken a little longer than we would have liked with Kyle, but it really looks like, like he's found it. I think the great thing about Kyle the other day, too, was, I mean, you're not going to go through the League Championship Series or the World Series just blanking dudes and striking everybody out. He showed in that last, that last start that he could get in jams and work his way out of it, which I think is the most promising sign of that start. Yeah, yeah. It, it, the, the line makes it look a lot more smooth than it actually was. He did get yeah. into trouble a couple of times. Um, but I think I, he left I, bases loaded in, what, the second inning? Yeah, yeah, early on. Um, him and Ian both have had some situations where they've, they've had a bunch of base runners and, and they've managed to pitch their way out of it. And it's, uh, again, I don't know how to take it. Like this is, this is the best Braves postseason performance I, I've seen in 20 plus years. I, I think that goes for most of us. Yeah. I mean, the last time they played like this in the postseason, we were all kids. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's fun to be able to to experience this as as an adult and and you know really appreciate the ins and outs of what's happening. Um, but to look around the league for the other matchups, uh, we have the Dodgers and Padres, which was uh, it, it was it was 
an exciting matchup as billed. Uh, but of course, as you would expect, the Dodgers ran away with it. So uh, the Braves will be facing the Dodgers in the National League Championship Series this year. Uh, you know, I, I said it beforehand, and I hope I don't come to regret it, but if the Braves are going to make a deep run, if the Braves are going to win a World Series, I, I want them to play the teams that everyone thinks are the best in the league. Uh, I, I want them to run through a team like the Dodgers. And and yeah, maybe maybe we play the Dodgers and, and we get whooped. But if we don't, World Series would mean a whole lot more if we took out a team like L.A. along the way. Well, and I, I think one thing to remember, too, is that naturally it's going to come up that just two years ago, you know, we faced the Dodgers in the postseason. But we are not the same team that faced the Dodgers two years ago. Um, just go back and look at the, the postseason roster from 2018. It is a night and day difference. Yeah, the cornerstone players are still there. But when you look at the bench and you look at the bullpen, and you look at the rotation, night and day. Um, I, I think it's bound to be much more competitive this time, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, you, uh, go ahead. I, I posted on Twitter today. I was like, I don't know if y'all know this, but that 2018 Braves team wasn't good. They way outperformed what <laughs> no. they should have. And if you look back, the uh, the lineup for game one, I mean, Marquecas was batting fourth and Camargo was batting fifth, if that tells you anything. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and if you had told me in 2018 that we would be playing the Dodgers in the National League Championship Series with Freddie Freeman batting second, I, I probably would have told you you were absolutely insane. Yeah. And the, we are we are so deep in our lineup that we have the kind of flexibility that you need to put a guy like Freddie Freeman in the two hole rather than hitting third like he had for the majority of his career. Uh, and, I, you know, I, we can't move past uh, this matchup without talking about Travis Darnold. Uh The the guy came out in in both series, really, and, and just put on an absolute hitting clinic. On top of the fact that you have to give him credit, some credit for the way the team pitched. Uh, he's the ones out there. He's the one out there calling all the pitches. And, and these guys feel good enough about it. They're not out there shaking off four or five pitches in a row to get to what they want to throw. Yeah, I, th I think even Ian Anderson made the comment that Travis makes it so easy when when running through a game that. Okay, what pitch did he just call for? Great, going with it. Like, there's not any of this back and forth. The pitchers trust Travis with his game calling, and so far it's worked out. What a, I mean, what a steal that that guy has been. You know, he, obviously he's playing out of his mind right now in the postseason, but two years at 16 million, you know, best offensive catcher in the league this season. It, what a steal by Alex Anthopoulos. Yeah, I mean, that – that has to be the deal of the offseason. I mean, there's no way around it. But it's also funny how well he performed and how well the pitchers performed because a lot of people uh, were telling me that he wasn't a very good defensive catcher. So <laughs> he, uh, he shut some of those folks up. And I don't even have to mention who those folks are. We all know who I'm talking about. I'll, I'll mention Braves in the UK. I'm not afraid. Uh, he's a, <laughs> I was I went on a uh, went on a podcast, the uh, the Fish Across the Pond podcast, before the uh, the series started with the Marlins. Uh, with him, uh, and and he was talking about the importance of having Tyler Flowers in there. And, and this isn't to say 
that he was entirely wrong in the way that he was thinking about it. But I, I, it, it, it's fairly clear at this point that uh, he, along with a lot of other people, underestimated what we have in Travis Darnold. Yeah, I will say, I mean, though, they said that every time Darnold came off the field, him and Flowers are sitting right there next to each other, and Flowers is telling him what he was seeing, what the pitchers could do differently. So, yeah, he was valuable as long as he's not on the field. <laughs> well, I, I think I think that does bring up the point that in the next few years, I think we do see Tyler Flowers in some kind of coaching position somewhere. Oh, uh, I agree. Yeah, it, like the wealth of knowledge that you just mentioned that he was giving Travis throughout the game. And then, of course, the wealth of knowledge that you have in Sal Fasano as our you know catcher's coach on the bench. Travis mentioned Sal, too, about you yeah. know talking in between innings that for that position, we have the player to handle it. But then we have the personnel behind the player that's helping calling these games so perfectly. And I think it shows, you know, four shutouts in five games how well the catcher and pitcher positions are working with each other. Yeah, any, a lot of people have said, oh, well, y'all played the Reds, y'all played the Marlins. Dude, it's hard as hell to throw four shutouts in five games in the post, too. Well, I don't care who you're playing. Well, and, and let me ask this, too. Against a team like the Reds or against a team like the Marlins, how else were we supposed to have played those games? Yeah. You know, what, what other outcome would have been acceptable? We threw four shutouts in five games. We did what we were supposed to do. That's the yeah, way I would. If, if we hadn't done that, everybody would have clowned us for letting them score runs on us. So exactly, exactly. I, there, there's not a whole lot better that could have been done in these two series. And I, I think a lot of the people that are sort of discounting the path that the the Braves have had to get to the the championship series, that they're not really looking at much beyond the, 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 the lineups of these teams. Like, yes, the, the Marlins and the Reds have struggled to, to score runs for, for most of the season and, and that extended into the postseason. But both of these teams had some really good pitching. Sixto Sanchez is no joke. And the fact that the Braves looked as good against him as they did, I think shows you what they're capable of doing against just about anybody who's on the Hill this postseason. Yeah, I mean, look who they faced against the Reds. I mean, that was, it, it was an absolute, if you're, if you enjoy pitcher's duels, that Braves-Red series was, was the best baseball you've ever seen in your life. Oh, yeah. I mean, it took, what, 23,000 innings to win the first game? Oh, man. That was, I'm still having heartburn over that game. Oh man, that was rough to watch. That's what's funny. I was uh, so I was working at the power plant during that game, and you know, Central Time it came on at what eleven or twelve? I can't remember. It was around then. But at like four thirty, I like pumped my fist or something about something having the game. And my boss was like, "Dude, are you still listening to the Braves game?" I was like, "Yeah, man, it's in like the twelfth inning right now." <laughs> and this is like four hours later, five hours later almost. Well, the good news is we have finally earned the right to watch our Braves in prime time. They cannot yeah. keep us in these crap time slots anymore. This is the big time. It's uh, it's going to be an 8.08 start on Monday for the Braves. Uh, so that's, uh, I, pre- I I assume that it's going to be uh, Max Freed against Clayton Kershaw. Uh, I, I know uh, the Braves are starting uh, Freed, Anderson, and Wright in that order, but I haven't seen the uh, the Dodgers starters announced yet. 
Kershaw Kershaw's actually getting game two. It's going to be Bueller and Freed in yeah. game one. Oh, yeah. oh. Okay. And then uh, the Dodgers have not announced their starting pitcher for game three yet. Interesting. Gotcha. I have to I wonder if you're they'll... Talking about, you're talking about primetime. I'll tell you right now, if the Braves and Rays make the World Series, those games will come on at 6 o'clock in the morning on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will I will move heaven and earth to watch those games. Like I, I will oh, yeah. I, I will I will forge a letter saying I've got the coronavirus to send to work so I can stay home for a week and watch those games. Hey, we're we're, well, I mean, we're in prime time. You got COVID symptoms and then go take a test, and that's get you like four days of work right there. Yeah, yeah, I gotta wait for the results. I can't come in. I'm sorry. We're in prime time and we're on Big Fox, no less. Oh yeah. And uh, another encouraging development was that they released the names of the uh, the ump crew for the NLCS, and I didn't recognize any of them. So, <laughs> yeah, that that can't be bad. Uh, there's there's no Angel Hernandez. There's no Jim Joyce. There's no uh, there's no Joe West. Uh, so that's that's a plus for sure. On on the other side of things, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays nearly just ripped the heart out of the chest of every Yankees fan in, in game five. And, and in one of the greatest storyline closures I've ever seen, uh, if you guys remember earlier in the season, uh, Roldis Chapman throwing 101 at, uh, I believe his name's Mark Brousseau's head, uh, and, and starting a benches clearing brawl between the Rays and the Yankees. Well, that same guy comes up in the eighth inning against Chapman in uh in in a game that was tied and hits the go ahead home run for the Rays that ultimately sends them to the American League Championship Series. It was yet another example of baseball being the greatest sport on earth. Uh, it just doesn't it it doesn't get any better than that. You could hire a team of writers that wouldn't be able to script anything that cool. Now I was just about to say like if you were going to sit down and write a baseball movie, that's the kind of crap you write for a base for the end of a baseball movie. Oh, absolutely. That's that's a that's a going to be a, a special like a thirty for thirty on ESPN in uh, in about a year. That uh, that's what's so awesome about baseball though is we get these moments every year. We do. It's always it's always oh, yeah. a moment like that you get, and you don't really get that with other sports the way you do in baseball. Well, it it goes back to that old saying that, you know, you can go to the ballpark any day of the year and see something you've never seen before, you know, yeah. and that, that rings so true. You know, that, there's a lot of truth in that. It reminds me of last year. I can't remember who that kid played for. It might have been the Marlins. And they're interviewing his dad about, you know, it's his first start and he hit a home run while they're interviewing his dad. Oh, yeah. Like, dude, it doesn't get any cooler than that. That's awesome. And that, that happened with Evan Gaddis's parents. Yeah. And just thinking back to last year, the uh, the oh, I forget the guy's name, uh, the the pitcher who passed away for the uh, for the Angels, Tyler Skaggs, Tyler Skaggs. Thank yeah. you. Uh, they come out the first game after he passed away and throw a like a combined no hitter. Then everybody places their their jerseys on the mound after it's over. It's just that ah, baseball's awesome. Yeah, it doesn't get any goes. better. Today was like the reunion of D. Gordon hitting the home run after Jose Fernandez passed, too. Oh, yeah. All home run he hit all season. That was awesome. Uh, and then the other side of things, the Houston Astros dispatched with the Oakland Athletics. So the team that got a slap on the wrist for stealing their way to a World Series is continuing to advance in the 2020 postseason. And uh, I think... 
the vast majority of the country outside of Houston uh, are, are huge Rays fans right now. I know I'm included on that list. Uh, really hoping the Rays can pull this off because I, I do think they're the better team, re- regardless of, of how much I dislike the Astros. Uh, and and I, I, I really do think a, a Braves-Rays World Series would be would be compelling baseball. Well, I, th- I think fact aside that Houston shouldn't have even been allowed in the postseason this year, the fact that they're, they've made it as far as they've had so far shows that they didn't need to cheat to begin with. They're a, they're, they're a fine enough ball team, you know, and that, that, that's, that's what's frustrating to me about this. Absolutely. And it, I don't know, it's it's difficult because I've never disliked Dusty Baker. I always always liked the guy's style uh, post Freddie Gonzalez. I, I thought there was a chance that the Braves were going to get him to, to come in and manage the team. I don't dislike Dusty Baker, but he's wearing an Astros jersey right now. So, so like, sorry, bud. Uh, I'm I'm not going to be pulling for you in any capacity. So we've got Rays, Astros, and Braves, Dodgers. Give me your give me your picks and how many games they win in, guys. Cam, go ahead. Who? The Dodgers being how they are in the postseason, we know how some of these things turn out. I don't know. Something just feels different about about the Braves this year. I'm going to say Braves in seven, and I'm going to say Rays in six, and we're going to get that Braves-Rays World Series, albeit to the nightmare of Rob Manfred. <laughs> Cape, what do you think? That's funny. I'm going exact opposite. I'm going Rays in uh, seven, Braves in six. Braves and six would be incredible because, I mean, the Braves beat the Dodgers to advance the World Series on Saturday, and Georgia would have a chance to beat Alabama later that night, which would culminate in the – and Dan Quinn got fired, hopefully, tomorrow. It would be the greatest week in Georgia sports history. So <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Hopefully they don't make the Braves – hopefully they don't make game six at 8 o'clock. That would be really stupid on MLB's part. But Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have – I have a really hard time with the Braves Dodgers series because if if the Dodgers come out and and play to their full potential, they're they're an absolute powerhouse. Uh, and and I c- I could see this going one of two ways. I could see the Dodgers coming out and just going gangbusters and literally sweeping the series. But if they don't, I think the Braves win in six. Uh, I, it's, it's one of those two things. I don't think the Dodgers win a long series. Uh, I think if, if the Braves come out in game one or two and and show themselves that the Dodgers are beatable, uh, I I think that will affect the Dodgers confidence. But if they keep this hot streak of theirs going, then it's, it's distinctly possible that they're unstoppable. We'll, we'll have to find out. Uh, and then I'm, I'm taking the Rays in five. I, I really think they handle the Astros. So we're Cape, all in agreement, then. Cape, Games I see, are a little different, but. Cape, I see you have the game on behind you there. What's the, what's the score in the uh, Rays-Astros game right now? It is 1-1, bottom of the fifth, two outs, runner on second. Runner on third. All right. And uh, I think Houston's the home team tonight, so they're at bat, right? No, the the Rays are the home team. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, the All Rays, right. are, well, the Rays well, are the let's, higher seed. Let's go Rays. 
Uh, the the wrongs of Rob Manfred need to be righted on the field by the Rays. Uh, so that's what we're all pulling for here. Ah, <laughs> uh, and uh, oh, and I, I think I think you know opponent aside, the Rays are just a cool story. You know, one of the lowest payrolls in all of baseball, but one of the most analytically driven, best developed organizations there is. Um, to get this far and to potentially be going to the World Series. That's a really cool deal. Plus, you know, their farm team is the Durham Bulls, you know, who live near and dear in my heart. So it's kind of cool to see this. Hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, sir. It's two to one raise now. Woo! Yeah! Let's go! All right. Love it. All right, so uh, so on the off chance that uh, that the Braves make their way to the World Series, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see both of y'all in Dallas, right? Yeah, I will. I will be there. So. Yeah, you got my phone number. You can Facetime me. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, will see me in Dallas. Beers in Dallas so. Yeah, so, uh, there we go. So if you listen to this, um, go to Patreon.com/slash/ChattingAverage and sign up to be a patron, so Cam can afford to go to Dallas <laughs> for the World Series. Hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh I. I I really think I'm going to have to make some moves if, uh, if that ends up happening. Uh, hopefully it does. Uh, it is, it would be a stupid amount of money that I would be incredibly happy to spend, but, uh, but we'll, we'll have to just see what happens. Uh, you know, honestly, I don't know if I'm going to go now that I'm thinking about it. So what I was seeing when I was looking at it, it looks like they're only selling tickets in blocks of four. I'm not, I'm not worried about the tickets or the money, but I've been to a World Series game, and we lost that game, so I don't know if I need to be at another one. Which one did you go to? Game two of the 99 World Series against the Yankees. Oh, no kidding. And we lost, like, 9-2 to two or 7-2 to two or something like that. Uh, yeah, I can see that leaving a bitter taste for, uh, for a good long time. That's the first time I ever cussed. Oh, uh, no kidding. The first time I ever cussed that my dad heard me cuss. <laughs> I asked my dad coming out of there. I'm not going to say it because I know y'all don't cuss on your podcast, but I was like, Dad, can I say a cuss word? He was like, yeah. And I was like, I hate those effing Yankees. <laughs> and my, dad, my dad's like, you don't need to say that word, but I hate the effing Yankees too. Uh, how, how old were you at the time? I was like 10 or 11. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's a great story. God, I'm, I'm going to be on pins and needles this entire week, just living and dying with every pitch. Luckily, I was I was able to snag some tickets for the uh, the watch party for game two at Truist Park. So I get to see our uh, our buddy uh, Mark Owens yell at me and the the freeze run around the track. And it'll almost feel like a like a baseball game. Uh, but that'll be the uh, that'll be the Anderson Kershaw game. The uh, the killer change up versus the Cooperstown curveball. That's gonna be a, that's gonna be a hell of a game. I mean, all these games are gonna be incredible, really. I mean, Game Four is gonna suck because obviously the Braves are probably gonna throw a bullpen game that game, but we'll see what happens. I don't know. We Bryce Wilson looked so good in his last couple of outings in the regular season that I, I think there's a real chance he gets at least an opportunity to start the game and, yeah. and stay in until he shows that he needs to be pulled. I mean, yeah, I, I think, you go you go max free game five, even though I would kind of like to see Ian game one and game five, but that's just me. Yeah, I'm I'm uh I am to the point where 
you know, three days rest, four days rest. I, I don't, I don't care. It's the, it's the NLCS. You take everybody on a short rest. All bets are off. Do what you got to do to win. Yeah, but if I'm not mistaken, the damn the World Series starts like immediately, right? The Suns both league championship series are over. There's no rest. Um. Well, I know. Uh, if if both, it depends how long they go because yeah. the World Series. Uh, starts on Monday the 19th, so one week from uh, the date of this tomorrow. episode posting. Um, so if if the Braves Braves Dodgers series goes seven, then yeah, it'll be it'll be the very next day uh, that the World Series starts. But if these two series end prior to Game Seven, then uh, they're going to have a little bit of time to rest, but certainly not enough time to you know reset their whole rotation so. so we need we need to get this done at four and astros race need to go seven that's what needs to happen i'm i'm on board with that 100 yeah. percent. actually um, it looks like it looks like game one is tuesday the 20th but still it, it one day okay. in between yeah oh, okay. at, at the least yeah so even gotcha. if they go seven games there's only there'll be one day off yeah yeah and it'll be interesting to see if both series go long re- regardless of who wins both of the championship series yeah how the first couple of games of the World Series look. Because you could have a, a game one of the World Series started by a couple of number four pitchers. Yeah. It actually looks like there's a couple of off days scheduled within the World Series if needed. So there's an off day in between games two and three, and then there's an off day between games five and six if needed. Yeah. yeah that's what, I thought they were saying that there's no off days during the series. Until, until the World Series, Major uh, League Baseball, they change their mind every day. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the the World Series, they were planning to run like a like a normal World World Series schedule wise. Um, obviously, they're not travel days anymore, but um, they're they're still scheduling the off days for that. But everything else was just the the mad dash to the finish and. And you know what? The the way the Braves have been playing, I'm okay with that. Like, get us as many games in a short period of time as possible. Oh, yeah. we're hot. Don't, get a, don't give us days off. God, please don't give us days off. Well, number one, because Braves Twitter burns to the ground every time we have a damn day off. Yeah, yesterday uh, was fun, wasn't it? Was that yesterday? <laughs> the day before yesterday. I think it was the day before yesterday. It was, <laughs> that was ridiculous. Yeah, our, our people cannot be trusted when there's not baseball. Yeah, it started sure. with like Braves versus Dodgers Twitter, and the next thing you knew, Braves was fighting Braves Twitter, and Dodgers are fighting Dodgers Twitter. Yeah, it, like everything <laughs> just crumbled upon itself. Do you, Do you think there's a little tension in the air with both of these fan bases? <laughs> oh yeah, you could cut it with a damn butt or not. All right, Cape. Well, we appreciate you joining us, man. This has been fun. Uh, we're uh, we're we're about to jump on uh, with the enemy here for a minute. Uh, but, uh, but let's do this again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I believe us over at easy out podcasts are going to be doing a live watch along tomorrow night for game one. So awesome. You're going to be on right at eight or are you getting on early? No, uh, we'll probably, probably be on 10 minutes, 15 minutes before game starts. Right on. And, uh, uh for anybody who might not be following you, drop that Twitter handle. Mine is at underscore Braves Cape. C-A-P-E, and the podcast, at, podcast is at Easy Out Podcast. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again for joining us. It's been fun. Yep. You guys have a good night, and I'll see you in like four days when the Braves win the League Championship Series. Let's do it. All right, real quick, we're going to jump into this week in baseball history. As always, you can find these facts at nationalpastime.com, and the week we're going to be looking at is October 12th through the 18th. 
Our first fact comes to us from October 12th, 1949. Vin Scully, working his first broadcast ever, does the play-by-play -play when Maryland defeats Boston University at Fenway Park 14-13. The football assignment marks the start of a 67-year career in the broadcast booth for the Hall of Fame baseball announcer, who becomes the iconic voice of the Dodgers. As as much as I dislike the Dodgers and as much as this episode is revolving around us hating the Dodgers right now, Vince Gully's got to be the greatest to ever do it. Oh, uh, no doubt. There is no doubt in my mind. I mean, he is he is the grandpa of baseball. Absolutely. And and the the fact that he was his his first call was at Fenway Park. Yeah. Kind of for, for a football game, no less. For a football game, but but that kind of tells me that that the the powers that be at the time knew what it took the rest of us fifty more years to figure out. Yeah, yeah. Nineteen forty nine, too. By the way, like I, keep that in mind. That 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 was the year that he did this. That's crazy. Sixty seven years. I wouldn't mind hunting down. Some some clips of that if they're if they're floating around and uh, and listening to what a what a young spry Vin sounded like. Well, you can uh, well you you can find a, some of his early work. Uh, what was it the where um, Don Larson pitched the perfect game in the world was that 1951 maybe? Uh, Vin Scully's on the call for that one, and you can find him calling it. And so you know, just barely two to three years into his career at that point. What's neat, and they've talked about this, I've seen on like, you know, analyst shows talking about some of the greatest voices in baseball, yada, yada. One thing they mentioned about that moment, and we've talked about this being important, too, is that Vin Scully, who at the time, gosh, has got to only be 22, 23 years old, just called a perfect game in a World Series. He announces that it's Don Larson has pitched the perfect game, and then he goes silent, and he lets the moment just breathe. And... Even at an early age, like, he just got it, you know? Like, he understood that moments can speak for themselves. He, he, he was an announcer for 67 years. Most folks, by the time they're 67, are retiring. Right. <laughs> just, just think about that. Like, most people in their 67th year of life are hanging it up. The man did this for an entire life's worth of work. That's, Unreal. That's Unreal. just wild. All right. Our next fact comes to us from October 14th, 1992. In Game 7 of the National League Championship Series, Francisco Cabrera's ninth inning two-out pitch hit single tallies two runs, giving the Braves a stunning comeback victory 3-2 to two over the Pirates. The backup catcher only had three hits during the regular season. Sid <laughs> slid, kids. <laughs> Sid slid. Love it. Sid had some wheels. Never forget. Oh, God. He's the slowest <laughs> man alive. His knees were literally exploding, Alex. <laughs> All right. Our next fact comes to us from October 16th, 1964. After deliberating for four hours, the Indians board of directors decide to keep the team in the Forest City after exploring options to possibly shift the franchise to Seattle, Oakland, or Dallas. 
the tribe signs a 10-year lease to use Cleveland Stadium at a reduced rent, which includes an escape clause for the city and the club after any season. So how about that? The, uh, huh. the premise of Major League kind of took place in 1964. Interesting. Yeah, so we could have been talking about the Oakland Indians, believe it or not, or the Seattle Indians, or even the Dallas Indians. How wild would that have been? That's crazy. Yeah. All right, and our last fact. Speaking of old-timers doing things for a long time, our last fact comes to us from October 18, 1950. After spending half of a century managing in the major leagues, Connie Mack retires as the skipper of the A's. The 87-year-old skipper, who has the most wins and losses in the history of the game, will be replaced by Jimmy Dykes after compiling a .486 record during his 50 years in the dugout. That's amazing. That's got to be the the oldest active major league manager. Oh, by, yeah, by, by a long shot. So... Uh, just think about this, too. He retired in 1950. He was a manager for 50 years after having a decently lengthy playing career, too. Think about the changes that this man saw from the dugout. Okay, so he started managing in 1900 during the middle of the dead ball era. He saw the coming of the murderer's row from the New York Yankees. He saw, you know, the color barrier being broken for baseball. He saw all of these innovations. He saw teams start flying by plane. He saw teams expand. He saw teams start playing at night. All of these different little things in across 50 years. The difference between the game when he first started managing to when he ended is nothing but drastic. Uh, that that's insane and, and just you know speaks to the 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 capabilities of a man to be able to adapt to such drastic changes in in a sport that uh you know seems familiar to us but uh, i mean from from where he started to where he finished it was it was entirely different hell i hope to still be alive at 87 let alone managing a major league baseball team (laughs) (laughs) well folks that has been this week in baseball history do with that useless knowledge what you will All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then we will be right back to cross enemy lines and have a conversation with the obsessed Dodgers fan. Hey, do you or someone you love have a beard that could use a little TLC? Well, we've got some good news for you. We here at the Chatting Average Podcast have hooked up with an ambassador for a brand for just about any man, the Beard Struggle. These guys are celebrating all that is man by providing some of the best products around to get your beard ready for the big leagues. They've got everything from beard oils to balms to combs and tons of other great stuff that is perfect for getting your facial hair looking great. Check them out today at thebeardstruggle.com and use promo code AVERAGE15, that's AVERAGE15, to take 15% off of your first order, compliments of the Chatting Average podcast. If you or someone you know has a small business, you need to check out the creators of ChattingAveragePodcast.com, Goat Web Design. These guys have everything you need to get your small business up and running with an awesome online presence. They'll create your mobile and desktop-friendly website quickly and affordably with responsive service, and most importantly, it'll look amazing. Check them out on Twitter, at Goat Web Designs, on Instagram, at Goat Web Design, or on the internet at GoatWebDesigns.com, and tell them the guys from Chatting Average sent you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, you know our next guest. From fighting with Chipper Jones' son on Twitter, <laughs> you can find him at More Dodgers Blues on Twitter. It is the obsessed Dodgers fan, Jesse. How you doing today, Jesse? I'm doing excellent, guys. Um, it's like Christmas Eve for well, all of us here tonight. So I'm I'm great so far. I uh, I, we'll, we'll get the pleasantries out of the way first, since sure. we have you on the show for the first time. Uh, for those of you who haven't been listening from the beginning, uh, Jesse was one of the big reasons that this show exists. Uh, he was uh, he was kind enough to to help me figure out how the hell to do whatever you want to call it is what we're doing. Uh, so that was really cool of you, and I'll always appreciate that. Hmm. Well, I mean, I appreciated the fact that you guys were fans of our show, or, well, mine to start, and then Joe's when we added him. So, I mean, I'm here to help. Right on. Well, uh, as as you could tell by the uh, by the handle, he is uh, our, our resident Dodgers correspondent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Braves are playing the Dodgers. Jesse, uh, give us your... Your 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 thoughts on the series coming up, and in, in as in as realistic of a fashion as uh, <laughs> as you can muster up. Of course. Um. All right. So hopefully um hopefully this won't get clipped up and and tweeted out a thousand times because when I'm online, I obviously don't give you guys much credit. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bend the knee in front of thousands of Braves fans, but. Ultimately, um, we, we super- have literally dozens listening to this show right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the dozens that are listening are definitely going to exploit me. So um, but it is what it is. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm super pumped for this series. Like, you know, like I said, I, I don't I haven't given you guys a ton of credit online um, because I don't I just, you know, I don't want to do that. But um, <laughs> um, I think this is about as even of a matchup as you could have expected for um, the NLCS, you know, like our bats line up pretty closely. Obviously you guys were, had a lot of power or number one rankings in terms of all your hitting categories um, this season. Um, and then, you know, we weren't too far behind in a lot of those. You guys struggled a little bit, I think with your staff, like I keep seeing that tweet about the ERA coming into the postseason, but obviously that has shifted gears here through the first two rounds of the postseason. Um, so I'm pumped. I think it's going to be a nail biter. I think I'll probably lose my voice once or twice throughout this week. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what your young arms can do versus our bats. I'm excited to see what our mix of veterans on the staff, um, as well as, you know, the couple of young guys we have. So it's, it's going to be good. It, it really ultimately, in my opinion, and, you know, this is biased, but, I think this should just be the World Series because, um, I mean, we've been the two best teams basically throughout the year. Um, if if I'm correct, I don't know record-wise if there's anybody better in the AL, maybe, but um, not better than us. I know that. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited, guys. I'm I'm pumped. I'm I'm. It's gonna be war, that's for sure. Um, and one of us is gonna come out with a broken heart, definitely. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. And uh, to your point, I think one of the the, the cool things about this series is going to be, yeah, we've we've been, I, I think, far and away the two best teams in the National League all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so often you have a season where there are two teams where it looks like they're on a collision course to face off in the championship series. And, and for one reason or another, 
you, you have a Washington Nationals come in and, and just screw everything up or a St. Louis Cardinals or somebody like that. But but we're finally we're finally getting that kind of clash of the Titans matchup this year. And mm-hmm. I know Braves fans have been looking forward to it for a couple of years because when our 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 current little run of uh, of division titles started, y'all were the first team that we faced. And uh, I mean, we weren't ready for for a team like you guys at the time. But if you look at that lineup versus the lineup we have today, it's it's a far different team. Mm-hmm. Um the games one and two are going to be interesting. We've gotten some some starting pitching announcements. So game one, we're looking at Max Fried against Walker Bueller. Game yep. two, we're looking at Ian Anderson against Clayton Kershaw, mm-hmm. uh, which is going to be really interesting because I think those two, I think I, they they have the two best pitches in the postseason right now. The 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 Cooperstown curveball that everybody talks about. Uh, and then Ian Anderson's changeup, nobody's been able to touch him on it all year. So that, that's going to be an interesting one. But then. What what happens in games three and four? We know we've got Kyle Wright, uh, who looked great in the last series, but but, you know, it's a relatively small sample size for him. You mm-hmm. guys haven't announced a game three starter yet, uh, let alone a game four. I'm wondering if that's going to be where you guys finally unleash uh, Gonzalez on us. Yeah, I mean, that's ultimately I mean, we haven't used him one time throughout this postseason, which has been surprising. But also that, that's insane. Not very exactly. Yeah. Um, And but also wasn't very much a necessity through the first two rounds. I don't know. Obviously, we have um, some bullpen, a bullpen situation we need to figure out with with Kenley Jansen not looking like his stuff is going to really help us out much here throughout the next two rounds if we make it to the World Series. But um, so I've heard some talk and this is just you know, take it for what it is, but I've heard some talk of using Dustin May in that role, um, you know, in a relief since, you know, he's hitting high, you know, close to hundreds, um, high nineties. Yeah, he's, he's got the stuff for it. For sure. Um, and, and I mean, Tony's going to definitely make an appearance in this, in this uh, series at some point, um, especially because I, I mean, I see it going six, seven games, no matter, no matter who the winner is. So um, the pitching match, I, I, to be perfectly honest, like, I couldn't even tell you. I don't I don't know what we're going to do with game three. I do know that Roberts announced that it's going to be traditional where it's not going to be like we did last round versus the Padres. And we kind of did the opener and then a bullpen game. He's already announced that this series will be more traditional starter, you know, and then and then the bullpen. But I mean, who who knows? You know, it could go off script real quick, depending on how these first two games go. So. I, I don't know who you see game three. If, if games one and two go well for us, I, I would assume, you know, Dustin maybe gets the ball if we didn't need him in those. But I, re, I really don't I really don't know how it's going to go. You know, um, we obviously have we have some arms. So there's a do- couple of different directions that we could go. But if if I if my prediction, if you ask me a prediction in a perfect world, we use Tony in game three because he just hasn't thrown. And why not? why wait another game to get him out on the mound? Like he's already, you know, sat through two series. So throw him out there. And, um, cause who knows Bueller, maybe with the blister goes four or five innings and we have to throw Dustin in the second half of that game to like, like we did in the previous rounds. So I really don't know. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what Roberts does. Um, and, uh, I hope, 
I'm not saying that at the end of this series, F and Dave Roberts one one more time throughout uh, for another season. So. <laughs> well, I so, think I think one cool thing about this series too that any other year, you know, at some point the Braves and Dodgers would have played each other in the regular season. Well, mm-hmm. obviously with the regional play that we had this year, we didn't get to see that. So there's yep. that much more intrigue in. For this season, we have nothing to base this series on as far as head-to-head competition goes. So, you know, I think the point is very valid that these are the two best teams in the National League. How they're going to pair up against each other, though, we really don't have a good idea. Yeah, agreed. Um, I I actually had a question for you guys before we go too much further into it. What's your thoughts on the Dodgers basically getting globe? Well, not basically. We get globe life through. We didn't have to move. We didn't have to leave. Um, Do you think... Do you guys, I'm going to throw a question at you guys. Do you guys think that that has any advantage for us? That, I mean, if we even, if we move forward to the World Series, we would have played every single game in the same ballpark. And I asked a couple of my um, Dodger fans, friends, and they're like, well, I mean, I don't see it as a huge advantage, like other than we just didn't have to pack up and move to another stadium. But in my opinion, I mean, just feeling comfortable and just being like, yeah, you know, you're taking hacks in the same park every single day. I know they're professionals, but have has that been anything you guys have thought about? Like, geez, the Dodgers kind of got the luck of the draw and, and got good life. I hadn't thought about that at all, but it, it's it's a legitimate point. Um, makes perfect sense. I, I mean, I think I think it could have an effect on game one. Uh, sure. In terms of knowing how to play the outfield and, and mm-hmm. everything like that. that. I mean, That is a humongous park. Oh, yeah. Yep. And, and, you know, uh, an infield's an infield. You, you got the same amount of space everywhere there. So it's really it's really about the outfield play and being able to read balls in that stadium. And uh, I think you guys will have a little bit of an advantage going into game one for that. I think that'll even out by game two or game three at the absolute latest. Um, but you know, in a series like this, if that has even a small effect on game one, that that's Mm -hmm. huge for you guys. Sure. And I I think, I think the fortunate thing too, though, is that, you know, the Braves were just playing in Houston. So it's not like they had to travel cross country, you know, from California to come to this next series. They didn't have too far to go, but yeah, to, to that point, I hadn't thought about that with the Dodgers literally not having to travel. That's a good point. Yeah. And I mean, it, it was apparent in game one. When, you know, when we were trying to hit every single ball out of the stadium, um, you know, and, and coming up warning, warning, try, I'm sure you saw a couple of my tweets about how I hated the stadium um, or the ballpark after the first game. But like they adjusted well, like game that second game, they changed their approach. You know, we we're hitting gaps. Um, I mean, we only had two home runs in the in the Padres whole series, you know, Seager's blasting. So and then uh, Cody's. So. I don't know. I just I, I am I'm trying to find anything I can to build my confidence. I know I'm very confident <laughs> on Twitter. You guys see that. Everyone knows that. But um, you know, I still get nervous. I've been through this rodeo before, and I've I've been heartbroken uh, many a time. So I'm I'm trying to find any angle I can to continue to try and um, you know build my build my confidence up in this in this series. So well, well I some, think something I think else... a lot of go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say, as far as like the whole confidence thing goes, I think for a lot of Braves fans, for this particular team, 
myself included, we're just happy to be here at this point. Because given given the way that the rotation looked, you know, one, two months ago, if you would have told me that through the first five games that the Braves starting pitchers threw four shutouts, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have believed you, you know. So I think at this point to get to the NLCS is just great. We're, you know, it feels like we're playing with house money at this point. So, yeah. but there's still that anxiety that comes with postseason baseball, of course. Yep. I don't I, know I how much back- I'll sleep tonight. Back to your point, Jesse, something else that dawned on me when you were talking about uh, the the advantages of having played at Globe Life already. Um, one, one thing I did notice in in the last Dodgers game was that, yeah, you guys you got to hit a couple of home runs here and there. But it, it seemed like the team made a shift almost to playing small ball, yeah, like just putting the ball in play and running the hell out of the bases. And and that is something that that could have an effect on the series because you you guys have now got some experience playing that kind of baseball whereas during the regular season the Braves and Dodgers were both home run driven teams it was all about the long ball for both of us and that might not even be able to be the case in this park unless Mm -hmm. you know everyone goes out there and they're hitting bombs that are like 450 yeah I agree and and I mean something that uh the of the mantra and I don't, you know, it. I don't know how long they've been doing it, but I heard JT say it during, I think it was the first series, the wild card series. He basically said that AJ Pollock had recently said, just take your knocks, you know, because it was just like at a certain point, the balls weren't leaving the park. So you got to make an adjustment and just get on base. And boy, I, to be perfectly honest, I love the, I love the long ball. Who doesn't love seeing home runs? Like it was great. We crushed, we had a NL record in August for, and uh, for home runs hitting a month. But to me, just watching the series where we were just going base to base, you know, that double steal that we had um, and just biggest play of that series. Easily. Exactly. I agree. You know, the next morning, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you guys saw, I think you, you guys counted, commented on it. Um, you know, it was just that hit me the next day. Like, Hey, that was probably the, the biggest play of, of last night's game, even with all the other stuff that happened. So I'm I mean, here Cody's for, catch of course got the attention because yeah, you know, he robbed a home run, but that that double steal was was crazy. And yep. the the commentators, I feel like, didn't even mention it at the time. They're like, oh, and they stole both bases. Cool. Yeah, and they even said, I mean, the coolest part about that to me was that Robert said after the game that 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 didn't even come from the dugout. Like, granted, you know, you go through that scenario a thousand times in practice or whatever, but the 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 fact that you know that they made that decision on their own to hey this is a time let's move the runners over and then jt bloops one and then you know we're you know we're scoring two runs so um i don't know i'm i'm excited to see you know if we can continue to play that style of baseball that i'm not used to seeing even you know it's been two three years where we basically have been which the league has all kind of adjusted to launch angle and hitting bombs but it was cool to to see the little adjustment they made and, and just switch up the style and and I mean it paid off and twelve runs scored in that last game so. Well, there's certainly no shortage of uh, of talented hitters in this series and and I hope uh, I I I hope we get a good one I, I hope we get to see them showcased uh, I I would be surprised if uh, if we look back at this series a week from now and and say that it was uh, it was a pitching driven series. Uh, I think we're going to see uh, a lot of big scores outside of maybe games one and two, which uh, which should be lower scoring affairs. But, um, man, it's it's going to be exciting one way or another. You got you got Mookie Betts, Cody, Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner and 
Ronald Acuna and Freddie Freeman and Marcelo Zuna, all these guys on the same field. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, and I'm I'm super impressed. Like I've always been a, a Ozuna fan. Like I I tweet out that video once in a while from when he was on the Cardinals and you know he tried <laughs> he tried to make the most ridiculous catch in the world because it's funny. But I've always been kind of a fan of just how he plays the game and, and whatever. So it's been you know obviously I'm I'm gonna have to root against from this week, but it's been cool to see him kind of come back and i mean he's he's a legitimate superstar right now like you could consider him you know one of the best hitters in the nl which is kind of crazy that you know he's always been great or good i should say um but this year has just been it's been it's been crazy to see the the rebound and is is this his free is he a free agent after this season is this yeah we signed him to a one-year 18 million dollar kind of kind of prove it deal yeah and uh, my God, he yeah, he showed up. <laughs> yeah. He showed up. <laughs> He's gonna make a little bit more than eighteen million next year. I'd say so. Guess. And if I, I wouldn't have believed it before the season if you told it to me, but at this point, I think you've got the majority of Braves fans saying we want to keep the DH so we can have Ozuna and have his bat and not make him play the field. Because sure. as as comical as the video you were referencing was, um, he he hasn't got much better than that as a fielder. <laughs> Uh, so it's been kind of scary in the games where we've had him starting and left. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that we have the DH this year to be able to put a guy like that in. Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys got to definitely pony up or at least consider it. I don't know what else is coming off the books or for you guys or, you know, I mean, most of your staff's pretty young, it seems like, and, and locked up for a couple more years. So I think it's time for the Braves to spend a little money this off season more than what typically you guys might. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, uh, I think I saw that our, our top four starters, Freed, Soroka, Anderson, and Wright. Um, of course with when Soroka gets back healthy next year, uh, we've got them all locked up for under $10 million. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think, <laughs> I, I don't think that, uh, that any other teams can, can say that and have a decent rotation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that being the case, there are going to be a lot of people, in this part of the world that uh, that are disappointed if we don't shell out some cash to keep a guy like Marcel around. Yep. Especially if you, if you know, however this series goes, it's going to go deep is my opinion. Um, even if I say Dodgers and four every day on Twitter, um, it, I think, you know, it's just, you got to do it. It's the way the baseball is played now, you know, so much offense when a guy performs like that, like, you know, how, who do you replace that bat in your lineup next year if you guys, you know, I mean, how, what do you do? You know, it's just, yeah, it's well, it's, they, they figured it sense. out this year. We, we all like everyone here thought that when we lost Josh Donaldson, yep. that there, there was no coming back from that. And if you look at the replies to the the Braves tweet announcement that they signed Marcelo Zuna, yeah. <laughs> nobody thought that this was the guy we were getting. Shoot, I might have to go back and up and do some. Oh, I, I already retweeted about a dozen of them in there. They're they're bad. They're real <laughs> yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, but but I saying that to say that that we have at this point supreme trust in our general manager to yeah. to be able to to get creative and if we have to go find some superstar on a on a gigantic one year deal uh, yeah. and and make it work for the next year. Um, but yeah, that's it's it's certainly going to be interesting. I do have one request to make if you uh, if you have any connections with the with the Dodgers franchise, okay. um, if you could uh, if you could get Walker Bueller 
to uh, to to drill Ronald Acuna Jr. in in the uh, in the thigh with the with the first pitch of Game One. Uh, so he turns around and just cr- rakes the rest yeah, of the so series. The, so the that? whole team mashes. It worked really <laughs> well with the Marlins. <laughs> well, I mean, the blister is there, so who knows? Control might be a little off. You never oh, know. Oh, don't don't give us the Marlins treatment. Don't don't peg <laughs> us and then say it's control issues. <laughs> <laughs> this is for 2018. <laughs> hey let let me ask you jesse all right so right now the rays and the astros are currently game one bottom of the seventh uh rays up two to one with a runner on second if the dodgers are to advance to the world series who would you rather see do you want the revenge against houston or do you want to go after legitimately the best team in the american league and have the super clash of one versus one. Um, so this one's easy for me. Uh, and ultimately the world, it, it just, we need, we need the rematch. Like if, because <coughs> granted, if it's Astros Dodgers, like the, we have so much to lose because if we lose to the Astros this time around, um, you know, we'll, we'll never live it down. They will have some, that will be some, supreme control over trash talk for the rest of time, unless we, you know, match face them again, but still they're up to O on us. So, and, um, yes, I know it's 2017 asterisk, whatever, but I, I mean, it would, it's cool to see like, you know, number one versus number one, you know, whatever. But in my personal opinion, and this has just been recently, like in my heart, I wanted to see Yankees Dodgers just because Yankees Dodgers, right? Like everybody wants right. to, you know, but at this point now, how it has laying, I, I want to, I want to shove it down the Astros throat, man. I want to be able to just say, see, if you didn't cheat, this is how it would have went. Um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm bring me to Astros, but I don't think they can hold up against the Rays, man. It's just that pitching staff is just too good. Um, and they'll, uh, I think they'll ultimately be the ones that come out of the AL. But if it's my choice, bring me to Astros. I tend to agree with you. I I think people are sleeping on the Rays. People really, we got to play them four times this year. Mm -hmm. And we, I think we did very well to go two and two against them. They're a seriously good baseball team. Well, Um, especially considering how those first two games in Tampa looked. I mean, we, the Braves look lost in those first two games. If you don't recall, we had a pitcher who got DFA'd before the game even ended. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that was possible to be perfectly honest. It, it happened. Mike Coltonavich <laughs> started against the uh, against the Rays, and uh, I think I by, the sixth, by the sixth inning had been TFA'd. <laughs> How's that even possible? You come to the dugout and they're just like, yeah, just I, I guess I guess Anthopolis just walked down to the dugout and said, get get out of here. <laughs> it's rough. But yeah, yeah, they're they're a seriously good team. They are my pick to win win the American League Championship Series. I I don't think. These are the Astros uh, of years past. And and we were we were just talking about, you know, this team. We don't think this team needed to cheat like they've got good bats. They they had fantastic pitching. They don't have that so much anymore, but but they had all the tools to win without cheating. But they went ahead and cheated anyway. Yes, sir. Um. So it, uh, if it can't be braves against somebody in the world series uh, i mean we we have to hope for the the astros dodgers rematch it, it they would 
you couldn't possibly miss a minute of any of those games if you're at all a baseball fan. I agree. It will be must-see. It will be maximum coverage, you know. And the only frustrating part about it will be that I will spend, you know, that whatever gap there is. How what in between You'll be at NL... war all day, every day if uh, that happens. <laughs> Twitter will definitely be stressful for me. Um, I should probably start like. You know, doing some finger push-ups or something because my <laughs> thumbs are already hurting just from combating you guys um, here in the last couple of days. But yeah, it's that's my pick. Give me that. Bring me to Astros if we're in the World Series, and let me, um, you know, let me get some redemption. You might want to go ahead and get another backup account ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been Johnny I've been Guido's trying to walk the line. I've, I've I've sort of figured out what I can and can't say to get suspended, but sometimes my uh, sometimes my uh, <laughs> It just gets the best of me, and, and my thumbs do all the thinking for me and not my brain. So, But you're right. <laughs> well, we, we do need to take a moment here and, uh, and, and talk some smack about somebody who was supposed to be joining us right now. Yeah. Uh, what we had originally planned to do on this episode was stage a debate uh, between Jesse and Josh Brown of the Nakahoma Nation podcast. Uh, yep. They'd been going back and forth a little bit on Twitter. Uh, and, and all parties agreed to it, but, uh, Jesse, I don't know what you did. I think you scared Josh off. <laughs> <laughs> must've been, it must've been the curls video that got him. Um, I don't, oh, know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether I intimidated him physically uh, off of the podcast, but I, I was disappointed today to hear that, that he wasn't going to be able to make it. Cause Josh is a, uh, Josh is a good dude. Um, he's very witty. He makes me laugh, even though, uh, um, you know, a good portion of those times it's, you know, some kind of Dodger slander, but funny dude. Um, but I still would have whooped his ass. Oop, can I curse on this podcast? That's fine. I, I, I still would have whooped his butt in uh, in a debate for sure. Um, so Josh, um, I'm disappointed in you, man. Be better all, next time. All of us are. Um, I do want to take a moment to to just speak to uh, to Braves Twitter briefly. I know it's Dodgers hate week and uh, and Jesse, I'm not uh, we're going to have to take a, a at least a one week break from from being friendly on Twitter. Oh, but fair. but. Let them let the man hit off a tee, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I Where's, where is the shame in that? I don't understand it. Why are you coming for the guy? Because he's out there trying to get some hacks in. Yeah, I mean. You're telling me, I mean, I know that it's an easy, uh, you know, listen, I understand the hate for me. Like I, I run my mouth a lot. I get it. You know, I can't ever be mad, but there's a certain point where it's like, come on, figure out another way to make fun of me, you know, other than the low hanging fruit. And you're right. Like I didn't, I didn't know people had such negative opinions of hitting off a tee like i wish i could face some live pitching if anybody from twitter who makes fun of my tee work wants to move here and live here and throw me bp i would much rather that but unfortunately <laughs> for me i don't have that is that is that a ball field you go hit at yeah so it's there's a um there's a like uh, a middle school that's down the street from me um, that has a whole bunch of different fields on. There's like three different fields on it. Um, so it's like, actually, it might even be an elementary school. 
Uh, I'm not 100% sure. But so, um, full disclosure, how how far away is that tin roof that you were hitting balls <laughs> on top of? It's about 290. I've never measured it, but I tried to Google Earth it because I knew people were going to talk trash. And uh, <laughs> like you could do a little better. <laughs> It's a little, it's a little, uh, almost a little over 290. It's not 315. I'm not hitting out of a major, you know, I'm not crushing bombs down the line, but um, I can, everyone on Twitter, I can hit 315. That field's just not 315, and I'm not driving to a field with 315. So, someone, um, if there are any Braves fans in Southern California, please hit Jesse up and do a <laughs> do a live stream of uh of some BP. I would love it. I would love it. Um, I would watch I, that so much faster than I watched Trevor Bauer versus Derek Dietrich in the desert. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of speaking of live streaming, I, I want your guys' opinion on whether I, I've been thinking about live streaming. Um, because I have, I'm I, this week, the amount of people that from Braves Twitter who are starting to follow me and I've actually tweeted this out, um, is, is amazing because I've been slandering you guys obviously pretty heavily, <laughs> but every day I get more and more Braves followers. And ultimately there's some people who are going to hate it, but, but ultimately game recognizes game. Yeah. Uh, well, so and also we live, from. also we live through the nineties. So we just enjoy hurting ourselves over and over. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We've we've been that team that you guys have been the last few years. Like yep. we, how many like, how many divisional championships have you won in a row? Like eight. eight? Yeah. Okay, you're 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 a little over halfway to what we got to. So. <laughs> I mean, I get it. I you know obviously growing up I, when we did and when I did, it, you know the Braves were. There was a point where we didn't have the MLB extra innings, and if I wanted to watch baseball. It was the Braves, right? And I'm sure that's how a lot of Braves fans became Braves fans because of TBS. So oh, yeah. I've always Absolutely. had respect for the Braves um, till now. That's changed. <laughs> no, I still have respect, but you get a little bit more hate than when I was 12 years old. Um, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought up respect, Jesse. Okay. Because um, I wanted to talk to you about, about respect. Okay. There's someone's name that you need to put some respect on, <laughs> and that is young Charlie Freeman. <laughs> I will not you, slander me, slander my Braves. Do not, do not slander the name Charlie Freeman. <laughs> I mean, I will say I am impressed with the video. Well, at least that most recent one where uh, it must have been in a hotel like um, – meeting hall or something wherever it was where he was launching off the tee and it it went off the wall that was pretty impressive i don't know how old he is i'm guessing like four or five i don't know kids really um but he's definitely a future ball player and and it's cool to see um as much as i give it you give freddie freeman crap and you know i've made videos of uh when he was hitting off him and you know spliced in a strikeout when uh when you guys were facing the dodgers once but uh, it's cool to see Freddie and, and his son, you know, putting in work and, and just kind of, you know, having fun together playing the sport that we ultimately love. But it, I still, Charlie Kershaw, I can't wait to see him strike out Charlie Freeman <laughs> you know, 20 years from now or whatever it is. I'm going to, I'm going to squeeze as much out of you as I can on this show. Um, <laughs> so, uh, give me, who's, who's going to be the national league MVP, Jesse? <sighs> Well, it's about time you guys got one, so <laughs> he deserves it. As much as I feel like Freddie Freeman is a plain vanilla kind of guy who doesn't give me a ton, um, other than that 
that little meme that we we got or the the video from the wind whatever the situation was in in uh oh in, yeah uh, the, there's wind boys there's wind boys yeah, that, that was funny but um no nah, freddie freeman's a great hitter and and he he's gonna win the national league mvp and uh he he ultimately deserves it but uh he won't win an L- nlcs mvp i'll tell you that much i i feel like i should win like a pulitzer or a peabody or something for squeezing that out of you here <laughs> i mean i got i'm i gotta be you know on twitter i can i can you know play it up but here here you get a little piece of real jesse and and i can i can be honest and say that the, the man had a great season especially with everything that happened to him early on um it's it's super impressive but mookie bets 2021 nl mvp well, in in the interest of, uh, of of honesty and transparency, uh, we were talk with uh, in our opening segment. We talked about our picks for the uh, the NLCS, and and I had a hard time with it because I, I could see it going one of two ways. Uh, I, I think if it's a long series, uh, that benefits the Braves because they have the deepest bullpen I've ever seen the Braves have. Uh, it's almost weird to to say out loud that the Braves have a good bullpen because it's been just crap for so much of my life. But at the same time, there's a distinct possibility that you guys are more of a juggernaut than we're giving you credit for. So I, I, I it's it's one of two things in my mind. It's it's Dodgers in four or five or it's Braves in six or seven. I, I think those are the two options here. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that take wholeheartedly. I think if we get game one, it's going to be tough. And I think I could see us taking it in five. And I only say that because I respect the Braves pitching. But what I've seen this postseason so far is patience. Like We're always a very patient team, but it is magnified um, this postseason. I mean, guys are getting deep into counts every single at bat. And I think that's the only way that will be successful against your bullpen is it just, you got to find your pitch and if it's not your pitch, you got to just spit on it. And uh, I hope it can continue. Um, but I would agree that, that if it goes six, seven, I could definitely see you guys taking it. And and if we take game one and game two's Rocky, I, you know, Dodgers and five is ultimately my realistic non trash talk pick. So I, uh, I, I can't disagree with that too much, especially because the Braves, as evidenced this postseason, are are an incredibly momentum-driven team. And if somehow in games one and two you guys can find a way to to put the brakes on that, then then I think we're in trouble. We we have to we have to stay hot. We have to come out and win at least one, if not both, of the first two games of the series. And, I, and I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm concerned with game one and. I mean, Walker looked shaky to start his last start, but then, uh, you know, ultimately came around. Uh, but, man, uh, let me just say, I I hate blisters, man. They they are <laughs> the worst. We've experienced it with Rich Hill in the past. Now Walker Bueller, who, I mean, this should this should have been another like kind of milestone on his career to to being a a real superstar. But it was such a disappointing season ultimately because of the injuries and and the and now the blister that it's just frustrating. It stinks to see something like that. I mean, we should see, we should be getting the full, um, you know, that matchup should be 
Well, we, I don't want to hear about the blister. I want to just see two superstar pitchers, up and coming pitchers go at it and, and deliver a, a great, you know, a great game. But now it's like, I'm worried about it. You know, it's, it's every time they pan the camera over and zoom in on his finger, it looks like it should be just chopped off because it's purple and it's, you know, looks like it's bleeding. And uh, so I'm concerned about that. Um, but yeah, if we can get game one, I'll be happy. Um, and, uh, we'll just go from there, but hopefully not too many Braves fans listen to this and, and, and then turn around and just go to Twitter. And every time I say, you know, I'm tweeting out trash talk, they're just like, well, Jesse, you gave us a ton of respect on, on the podcast. (laughs) It'll, it'll, it'll be the, uh, Freddie NL MVP line that people are going to isolate and throw yeah, out of there. Course. Oh, yeah. that's that's going to be the new acuna is better than bellinger <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I gotta keep my mouth shut and my thumbs shut i'm never um, living either one of those down well well cam do you have any more questions for jesse no no i don't think so uh thanks for coming on the show man this was really well, cool wait, wait, um, just one second what? Um, because there is someone else who, who, who called in with a question, oh, geez. uh, for Jesse and the two of us. <laughs> and that is Jesse's co-host on the, let me just say podcast, Joe Seppi, who, uh, those of you who've been listening to this show for a while, uh, know full well, the, the antics of Joe. Yep. Um, we, we don't know what we're about to get oh, into, but, uh, you know, Joe's, Joe's going to do his thing. Let's see what he has to say. <laughs> Hi, this is, uh, my name is, um, my, hi, I'm, this is, hang on, hi, this is Joe, and I have a question for, for the guys, um, I understand you guys are sports, and my question is, uh, with, with all the major things going on in sports these days, my number one question is, uh, what do you think that um, Seattle Kraken need to do to fill out their initial roster? Because uh, October of 2021 will be here soon, before you know it even, and then they're gonna they're gonna really gonna need to fill out that roster. So I just wonder where do they start? Should they start with like a goalie and work out, or should they find a nice wing a wing player, um, somebody like a free agent, or should they should they try the draft? and build a, a core that will eventually lead us to glory. Just really curious as to your thoughts and your opinions on the Seattle Kraken of the NHL expansion franchise. <laughs> so, so I really appreciate the feedback. I'm all hang up and listen. Big fan of the show. Um, my XM Sirius XM radio got canceled, so I don't really get to listen to you guys anymore, but I'm sure everything's still going great. Uh, so, uh-huh. God bless. Is that an MLS team that he was talking about? <laughs> I think it's a yeah, professional lacrosse team, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds about right. So uh, this is now a hockey podcast, I guess. Um, is it? <laughs> if we're not talking Mighty Ducks one or one or two, I, I got I have no I have no take on the uh, Seattle Kraken's. So. I'm I'm gonna surprise Joe a little bit here because I actually watch a little bit of hockey. <laughs> And uh, I'm a big Blackhawks fan. Blackhawks are trash, so uh, they're they're starting to sell everybody. Uh, you go and you get a guy like Duncan Keith away from the Blackhawks. 
uh, a defender who's got three Stanley Cups to his name. You build around that, start from the from the back to the front, and uh, and and beef up your defense, uh, and that'll that'll give your guys opportunities to score uh, up up ahead of them. So, uh, yeah, agree. Uh, jokes on you, Joe. Uh, I watch a little <laughs> bit of hockey. Let me let me just say I don't I don't even know how's it are they gonna get to draft from like how's this work when you're starting a roster from scratch like I it's been years since I mean I know how baseball works but so do they get to pick a guy from every team like hey we're gonna take this guy off your team or how, does I anybody think that's even know the case yeah I think yeah. every team has to designate like five players that are available to be selected yeah um and like one or two of those players there's some metrics they have to have to meet so you have to have some decent players available yeah uh, like when uh when vegas uh when their hockey team started i remember they grabbed uh they grabbed the the goalie mark andre fleury who had who had just won a stanley cup with the penguins uh and they were able to get a guy like that so that it's there, there's an opportunity for them to actually come out with a decent team in, in year one what, what wow. was that guy's name that you just said mark andre fleury so if you said his name really quick it would almost just sound like mcflurry <laughs> uh, I I would bet my life that that guy's from Canada. <laughs> How'd you yeah. guess? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's that's, that's usually it. a safe bet with 99% of hockey players. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I think if I offered Joe part. McFlurry as their number one draft pick, he might take that. <laughs> oh, 100%. Joe would love to just put a McFlurry in the goal and just that that's what he roots for. Just this a McDonald's McFlurry. <laughs> Well, Jesse, uh, can't thank you enough for joining us today. Uh, it's been appreciate been that. a lot of fun, and uh, again, uh, appreciate all all the all the help you gave us in uh, in getting our our dumb little show here started. Um, sure. I hope nothing but the worst for your team this coming week. <laughs> um, but a, but after this week, you'll still be my boy. Um, <laughs> but uh, but but yeah, here's here's to a good series, man. Yes, yeah, sir. I appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for uh, um, you know always being at least a good set of, you know, you guys don't give me too much crap online like all your other fans. So I appreciate that <laughs> as well. Uh, you guys, you guys understand uh, who online Jesse is. So I appreciate that. Um, and um, go Dodgers. Right on. Well, you can follow him at more Dodgers blues on Twitter and find him and Giuseppe at, let me just say available everywhere. You find your fine podcasts. Yeah. Thanks again, Jesse. Appreciate it, man. Okay. No problem, fellas. Have a good night. Time to listen to your voicemails. All right. As always, we want to thank you guys for getting your calls and text messages into the Chatting Average Hotline. If you ever have any questions you want to ask us, anything you want to hear us talk about, or you just want to yell at us for something stupid we said, you can hit us up at 678-242-9408. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Uh, first one is going to be a text message from patron of the show, Mr. Josh Goldberg. Josh says, happy NLCS Eve, boys. Hope you're all doing well. With game one being tomorrow night, do you think the Braves must win games one and or two for them to have any chance of advancing? Or do hot bats and a very strong bullpen give some leeway to lack of consistent starting pitching? Uh, Cam, I'll let you have the first reaction to that one. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think game, game one, two, game one and game two are going to set the tone for the Braves in this series. Um, 
I think a, a split isn't even bad through the first two games. Um, you know, because at that point you're still even, so no real advantage there. But I think it, to come out of not potentially not winning either one of those, that that pretty much puts the series DOA. Um, yeah, I, I would love to take one, one or two. One and two would be great. So I think both are vitally important. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. As as I uh, alluded to in our conversation with Jesse earlier, um, I the Braves being as momentum-driven of a team as they have been so far in this postseason, uh, I, I think that if they don't capitalize on the momentum they're bringing into this series early, uh, that it, it could wind up being a short series on, on the wrong end for us. Uh, so especially with with you know Ma- uh, Max and Ian being uh, our our two most consistent reliable starters, uh, we we just can't can't go in and and drop games one and two. Uh, to, in in my mind, if we drop the first two games, the series is as good as over. Um, if we if we split, I think we're in fair shape. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, uh, I think a long series favors us uh, because that gives us more late inning opportunities to to go on those rallies that are, are kind of our trademark right now. Uh, also, we have what I consider to be the best bullpen in baseball. So that that plays well in a long series. Uh, and the Dodgers have a bit of a suspect bullpen, uh, especially their, their close, their closer, Kenley Jansen. So uh, I really think we need to, we need to get on top of them as quickly as possible. Like you said, if we can win the first two, uh, my confidence is going to skyrocket. If we can at the very least split games one and two, then I, I think we're still in fair shape. If we drop the first two games, I, I think the series is over. I agree. All right, well, we've got one more voicemail to get to before we wrap up the show. Uh, looks like we have friend and former guest host of the show, Sam Near, our uh, our West Coast correspondent. Let's see what he's got to say. Hey, Cam and Alex. Sam Near calling in. Just wanted to tell you how much I miss you guys and how happy I am I didn't actually break you guys up. But I really also just want to talk about how I'm a lifelong Braves fan. I remember... <laughs> Obscure players like Lauren Spawn, Tripper Jones, Greg Maddox, and even Jeff Francoeur is a player, and Brooks Conrad. Oh, no! Much I love the Braves, and it has nothing to do with you playing, um, let me look this up. Yeah, the Dodgers. It has nothing to do with that at all. I've just always loved the Braves so much, and I hope you beat, uh, who is it again? Uh, Los Angeles. And Joe, if you're listening to this, your can get that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. One of my favorite parts about the fact that we're playing the Los Angeles Dodgers this week um, is that uh, the, the San Diego Padres and their fans uh, are now Braves fans. It seems um, they, uh, uh, there's a guy I followed on Twitter uh, named Stephen Woods hosts a uh, hosts a radio show uh, in San Diego and is a good friend of Sam's. Uh, and he made the official announcement that he and Padres Twitter are now fully behind the Atlanta Braves. Um, as Sam alluded to, I'm sure that has nothing to do with the fact that uh, that we're playing a, a huge rival of theirs. 
Um, and, and, you know, big respect to Sam for, for pointing out uh, such obscure Braves as Tom Glavin and uh, Chipper Jones. Yeah, yeah, uh, that guy really knows his stuff. Hey, if, if, if uh, Padres fans are becoming Braves fans, are they bringing the memes with them? I certainly hope so. Um, and I would be honestly surprised if they didn't. Uh, so if you happen to be a, a Padres fan listening to this episode, uh, we we expect uh, you to join us in uh, in our post game trolling of uh, of the Los Angeles Dodgers Twitter feed uh, after any uh, any games we might pull out pull out a win. Yeah, yeah, we we I mean bring your weirdest at this point. It, it's late in the season. Let, let's see what you got. Um, careful, careful there, Cam. Uh, their weirdest is is pretty weird. <laughs> Unleash the Padres! Yes. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode. But before we sign off, we have to designate uh, our Braves player of the week. Uh, and I, I didn't even consult with Cam on this one uh, before uh, before we started this part. Uh, because I assume that he agrees that it's Travis Darnold. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, you mean Johnny Bench? Yeah, Travis Darno decided that he was the greatest catcher in the history of baseball this past <laughs> week. Played out of his mind. Just I, you couldn't you couldn't get the guy out. Um, I, I think there was one game he almost hit for the cycle. He was like a triple shy or something. But uh, as most always are. My, my goodness, um, if if we have guys like that stepping up, uh, I, I really like our chances against the Dodgers. Um, you know, of, of course, the top uh, the top three of our order with uh, Acuna, Freeman, and Ozuna uh, are always gonna gonna be threats and uh, and and you know draw some walks, get on base. But it's really about what the guys after that do. Uh, of course, led by you know presently Travis Darnold hitting hitting cleanup for us, and then uh, and then Duvall, Swanson, Albies in whatever order they fall in after that. Uh, so I, I, think, that, I think I heard some stat that at some point, like through game three of the DS, Travis Darno was good for like an average of one RBI per at bat in the postseason. That's just stupid. That, Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> that's just bonkers. Like, what? what is he doing? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, keep it up, man. I, I, I would love to see Travis Darno win World Series MVP for the Atlanta Braves. Oh, well, that's going to do it for this week's episode for Cape, for Jesse, for Cam Matthews. I'm Alex. We'll see y'all next week for another brand new episode of the Chatting Average podcast, where hopefully we're, we're talking about the Braves heading to a World Series. Bye. With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. If you enjoy the show, please consider becoming a patron at www.patreon.com slash chattingaverage. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.